The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m., at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and uh, click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning, so good morning to you guys. And while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel. It's Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live, in case you go directly to Rumble and you want to look that up. That's all one word. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page. And we appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live. Again, you can sign up for our email newsletter. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that includes the morning show archive. We All of the articles plus that every day in your inbox, late afternoon, early evening. By the way, this is yesterday's. Uh, if, you were, if you were listening, and you remember I told you, <clears throat> and I, I don't know why people miss this. Uh, number one, the phone number for the show. If you want to call in, please stick to the topic, 803-619-9855. That is for the show when it's live. Please don't call me at 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, okay? Because I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> uh, it's just that I have people doing that stuff, and uh, it's for the show. It's not for our chit-chat, all right? Um, <clears throat> but there it is. If you want to call, 803-619-9855 during the hour. But this, um, you know, I, I'll have people who will say, oh, where's the documents? Oh, where's the things you talked about? Oh, this, that, and the other. And I, I'm, I'm trying to make it as clear as I can. It's in the archive. This is the archive from yesterday. So if you were interested in the American National and at least what our friend Mike uh, uh, Bambus had that he did, 
and setting up trust, he has provided that information. You not only get the, the video, you get the, the podcast if you want that. These are all the articles we have at the site uh, leading up to that, and sometimes there'll be ones that we make mention of. And then all of these are those documents, okay? They're right here. You don't have to call him. You really don't. You, and certainly don't call. Don't contact Sons of Liberty because we aren't the ones who put this out. This is Mike's stuff. So we're giving it to you as information, as education, and then you do what you want with it. But all of these documents are here, and he's got the very first one tells you what you need to do first. So if you need something out of that, that's in there. And again, if you listen to the show yesterday, it's called Becoming an American National and Setting Up Trusts as We War Against the Beast. And again, if you're listening to this at a later date, maybe a month from now, a year from now, whenever, uh, if you'll take this title that you see on the screen and you'll put it in this search box right here, that should bring up everything that you know you you need to uh, you need to find. It, it should be the first thing up, okay? Just so you know, and um, and that <clears throat> is how we do the morning show archive each and every day because uh, you know I it, it, the information is no good if the people can't use it. You know, if you if you say, "Hey, I'd like to pursue that," but you don't have the means to do it, well, then that's that's a whole another thing. Now, I'm gonna just light a candle here. If I can get it going, I've got a little torch so it'll reach down in there. This is frankincense and myrrh, by the way, and uh, it smells really nice. <laughs> Need a little something in the morning. A little soothing or something. I don't know there. Anyway, I just like that little glow that comes off of it. In any case, uh, lots to cover here. And I just want to, I guess, jump in where, uh, you know, where we're at. But the attacks keep coming. They aren't letting up. I, I'm amazed. I, I, I literally am amazed. And by the way, uh, you know, that little video we played of my governor yesterday, a lot of people are saying it's a deep fake video. Maybe it is. I don't know. I just see it as a trap. I see that whole Nassara Jassara thing as a trap. If government's giving you something other than gold and silver and telling you it's great for prosperity and blah, 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 you can rest assured there's hooks all in that thing. And when you bite it, you're going to be so full of those. You're going to have so many strings attached to you. It's not even going to be funny. Um, but the same people that push the Nassara Jassara stuff are the same people pushing that Trump and the military are in control. I, well, if if both of those are for the good of America, I'd hate to see what it is if they were if they were anti-American. Because I'm not seeing no improvements. Not seeing any improvements. Okay, so this is the first one uh, story that we're talking about today that we're un- we're continue to be under attack and we're under attack. And you know, for many people, they are running. You know, the Bible talks about you'll run and seven. You'll run when nobody's uh, pursuing. Uh, the enemy will come in at one way, and you'll flee seven ways. All this kind of stuff. And people are doing that. People are. And then there are people who are standing their ground. They may not know exactly what to do, but they're going to stand where they're at. Praise God for those people. And then there are other people who are actually taking it to them, like Mike, we spoke about yesterday, or William up in Michigan, or Bethany and Adam who are doing that, or others who are on the front lines there. We're going to have a, we're going to try to get another guy who's fighting a uh, a Ford initiative, which he calls a front group for the CCP, CCCP. <laughs> um, 
to to put a battery uh, manufacturing plant there in Michigan, and it's a front group for China. And uh, we're going to see if we can bring him on. There are people who are doing the stuff. I don't want people to get discouraged. People who are really doing stuff, not for monetary gain, not because they're narcissists, not because they feel like they have to have power or something like that. They may have something on a little of a, I don't know. I'm not judging those hearts over that. But what they're doing, uh, I applaud their work in doing. So this is one, again, the attacks keep coming, and they come from lawless men. They don't come from the left. There's no such thing. They come from the lawless, people who don't obey the law. And I'm talking specifically the law of God. But my goodness, the people gave law to their uh, employees, and that's all really the Constitution is. It is a it is a contract with employees. That's what it is. It's not the law in the sense of God's law. The states are, are the ones taking care of that, or they're supposed to take care of that. They're not doing it, but they're supposed to take care of it. They're the ones who are to judge those people committing actual crimes. Okay? Um, nevertheless, the attacks are coming quickly. And, and again, I, it's amazing to me. You know, we when I was up in Michigan, we we I covered the two things, and and no, I don't think anybody videoed it. Somebody asked me if they videoed. It. I don't think so, but I do have the at least the notes from it. So I'm thinking next week I may do those talks for you guys, um, and you guys from Michigan will uh, get it twice. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I may do that. Uh, the first night we talked about men, God sending us men, and then the second night we talked about those men being used in the militia. What are they there for? The first we talked about men in general, their character, um, what they're to be about, how they're to take, how to show self-governance, and then also in their families. And then the, the second night we talked about how they're how they're effective in their communities, what they're doing in the militia. And I do believe I, I'm look. Uh, the more I see here, the more I see the militia is the church. The militia is the church. And the church should be doing its duty before God in demonstrating its love for, for God and for its fellow man by upholding the laws, protecting the defenseless, repelling those invasions, putting down insurrections. That's real love. Boy, we had a good conversation on that on Friday night. Real love, that it does things. It doesn't just say things. It's, it's not the worldly kind of love that you see in a Budweiser commercial where the guy slings his arm around the other guy and he goes, man, I love you. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if that's as far as your love goes and it doesn't come in demonstration, then it's not really love. It's empty words. So with that said, first attack, we had this come out here from Guns in the News. And um, <clears throat> more than half of state attorneys generals demand answers from Biden. Now, don't expect that they're going to actually bring any justice against the illegitimate man in the White House. But you do need to know what they're questioning him about. So Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen recently announced he has joined with Kansas AG Chris Kobach and Iowa AG Brenna Bird. You can't make these guys' names up, can you? KK and BB? I don't know. To lead a coalition of 26 attorney general, 
along, attorneys general, along with the Arizona state legislature against the Biden administration's blatant, blatantly unconstitutional attack on law-abiding Americans' Second Amendment rights. Specifically, the group submitted a formal comment letter addressing the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Again, this is a, a agency that is not found, it, not found in the Constitution. They've tried to justify it by saying we put them in place uh, because they're there to collect taxes on these things that are listed in their, their agency name. That, that's, that, literally, that's what they were said to be created for. Um, they put this through their the ATS proposed rulemaking regarding the definition of engaged in business as a dealer in firearms. The letter explains that the ATS proposed rule takes the unprecedented step of making any individual who sells a firearm predominantly for profit I'm I'm a little lost. Isn't that what firearm dealers do and how they I mean I don't know. Anyway, liable to civil, administrative, or even criminal penalties unless the seller requires a federal license. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, every time, and I hear people, oh, well, we got to pay for government some way. we got to pay for government some way. That, I, I'm going to tell you, I just, I sit back and I look at this stuff and I'm like, then you limit that government so you're not paying a lot. I said it before, I'll say it again. If you go back to scripture, go back and look, what did, what did they have? And probably the freest time in the history of man. America is not the freest time. It really isn't. It's way back a long time ago when the children of Israel came out and they came into the land. The Bible says that they had judges. Now, we read about individual men, but they had judges who judged the law, the law that never changed. They weren't updating it and adding to it and this, that. Well, some guys were trying to do that. But um, the people who were faithful held to the law as it was written that God had given. What did they have? They had judges and they had elders, and that was it. They didn't have lawmakers because God gave the law. And the only reason that we speak of law when it comes to, like, the federal government and stuff is because we gave them, as our employees, okay, and I, I hate the term that we call them lawgivers. There's one lawgiver, it's God, okay? These guys are writing, in, in essence, they should be writing uh, what we understand as a, po as a policy so that the states can interact with one another for the most part. That's what they're engaged in. They're not to hinder the states. They're not to hinder the people. They're the ones hindered by, or they're supposed to be hindered by the Constitution. There's those, you know, the guys talked in the old days about the Constitution being changed to them. So when I quote the Constitution, I'm quoting it against their crimes because they're the ones who said they would uphold it. Tim Brown never said he would uphold the Constitution. I never said that. I've never taken an oath like that, and many of you have not either. Some of you have. You've been in military or you've been in government. You, you've done that. And I'll bet you some of you, even listening now, you haven't read the found, founding documents, and you took an oath to uphold them if you served in the military. So I've, I've met guys like that. 
And you know doggone well that there are people who've gone to Congress, gone to the Senate, gone to the White House who don't know what the con- what the Constitution says. They don't know it, and they trample all over it. Place their hand on a Bible, or a Quran, or a Bill of Rights, or my goodness, some of them their their oath is as worthless as anything else, and they'll put it on a Cosmopolitan magazine, and then they go right in and they violate it. Those representatives should understand that God heard their oath, and he's going to hold them accountable. Whether that oath's good or bad. It's incredible. It really is. Um, so the, the article here goes on, again, from gunsinthenews.com. It says, the letter explains that the ATS proposed rule, quote, takes the unprecedented step of making an individual who sells a firearm predominantly for profit liable to civil, administrative, or even criminal penalties unless the seller acquires a federal license. The, now listen, this is just ridiculous. Because here in the state of South Carolina, I don't have to have a license, and I can sell guns, you know, to whoever I'd like. As long as they don't have some kind of uh, uh, felony against them that they've been convicted of. So we do private transactions here. I don't have to have it. And you better bet your bottom dollar, uh, I expect to have a small profit off of it. Guns don't usually have a large profit. They're they're very small profit uh, margins that uh, gun dealers have. Um... So I, most of guns that I had purchased in the past had been used guns. Of course, all those were lost in this boating accident, you know, several years ago. So I'm, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough thing. Anyway, um, the, the article goes on to say the change in definition was brought about. And see how they do it? They start changing definitions. These agencies, they're not at liberty to do that. The first thing is Congress is supposed to write law. They're not supposed to write law with the idea of infringing on the rights of the people, which is what this is tied to. And then you have agencies redefining the words that were written that shouldn't have been written in the first place, probably. They did this with the bump stock. They uh, have been doing this with the guy down there. I'm trying to think of, uh, I want to say it's rare breed triggers. I want to say that's what it is. He's got some beautiful guns, by the way. <laughs> uh, this guy, uh, I think it's called Rare Breeds. He's down out of Florida. And boy, he really was against the ATF because, um, you know, approval. I think he had approval for his trigger, which is phenomenal. And then they wanted to come back and say, no, 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 we, we can't do that. See, they're, they're, they, they did that with the bump stock. The bump stock is not a machine gun. And by the way, I'm just going to say it for the record. The Second Amendment applies to machine guns, too. Mm-hmm. It does. I know some of you have been so conditioned by the NRA and other Second Amendment groups and your favorite politicians say, well, we don't need machine guns. Listen, uh, if we don't have them for anything else but the fun of shooting them, then we have them. And that is our right to keep and bear those kinds of arms. Okay, but there's a place for machine guns too. I hear all these, you know, high snooty falooty ivory tower kind of, kind of, you know, Second Amendment guys in these groups who never mention the militia, but they want to talk big and bad about their guns. 
you don't need you don't need a machine gun. You don't need a bump stock. You just waste ammo. That's not the point. Let me ask you something. Why does the military have fully automatic weapons? Why do they have three-shot bursts? Why do they have all these things? There's a reason and a purpose for those things. And the people are to be able to come together and form their militias, not in not a standing army, an unorganized militia. They are free to come together and to have the same weapons for the same uses as the military. They are. And if you go back and you look at our forefathers, what did they have? They had muskets like the Continental Army. They had cannons like the Continental Army. They had pistols like the Continental Army. And you start looking, you know, you can go right down here four miles down the road from me, and you'll come up on a big pile of rocks. General Ferguson, who was killed here in Kings Mountain, North Carolina, across the line from me. Everybody goes there, they pile a bunch of rocks on him. It's a sign of dishonor. I mean, he had a repeating rifle. Had he had that thing functional, Battle of Kings Mountain might have turned out a whole lot different. But even he was doing that, and he was on the other side. So keep this in mind. Uh, yeah, I, I love the, the alleged journalists, the, the bought-and-paid-for propagandists. Let's put them that way. The useful idiots, as, as they words were called. I love those guys who come on and say, well, you know, the Second Amendment applies to muskets. Yeah, and it applies to feather pins, too. So let's take away your TV spot, and let's take away your, your, your keyboard and your computer, and let's take away your, your ballpoint pen, and let's just go with that, uh, I don't even know what they use then, goose feather and some ink. You can have at that. That ought to slow them down a little bit. <laughs> But these attacks keep coming. Why? Because the people have not put a stop to them. Now, the encouraging thing that I I saw in in Michigan is the people out there are are hungry to know what to do. And they, as they learn, they're starting to put things in practice. And they're starting, you know, I got to tell you, this is one of the things for Adam. You know, Bradley kind of... Some people who might have been sitting in the room on Friday might have thought Bradley was picking on Adam, but he wasn't. He was encouraging. He was exhorting him. Because I've watched Adam over the years, and it's really, it's really cool because he learns things and he seeks to implement them. He seeks to do them. And where he gets it wrong, he doesn't get discouraged. He's just like, okay, I learned not to do that. He fixes it, and he goes right back in there doing the same thing. He's not discouraged by that. And that's what the Spirit of God does. It gives you great confidence in the Lord who made you, who saved you, and who has now given you grace so that you can do what He has commanded. And Adam's a good example of that. People are going to fall. They're going to stumble along the way when they're learning these things. If you don't, then praise God, He's given you an incredible amount of grace not to do that. But it's a good example. So we see here, He goes on, it says, the change in definition was brought about via the bipartisan, as though that makes it right. Safer Communities Act, BSCA, which amended the definition of engaged in business. At the time of its passage, the NRA warned that the BSCA was likely to be abused. and, And Well, yeah, all of this is. All of this is going to be abused. A.G. Knudsen said, This proposed rule is a flagrant violation of every American's rights guaranteed by the Second Amendment. Ignoring the very... Here's the thing. 
in order for you to keep and bear arms, what do you got to do first? You got to get them, right? And either you're going to make them yourself, and I don't know too many individuals who make their own firearms. There are some, but not too many. Now it's becoming more, and this is, I'm going to tell you, this is another thing about the whole 3D printing invention. With the, in, with the introduction of 3D printing, and some of these guys, they've had their First Amendment rights violated as well. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Cody, uh, I forgot his last name. I want to say Wilson, out there in Texas, libertarian guy, um, you know, bringing up CAD programs and stuff like this so that people can simply download the computer, get their 3D printer, and print all the lowers for ARs they want. Uh, they can print handguns. They can print all that stuff. And um, the, 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 this whole idea of gun confiscation, uh, or what they like to call gun control, is an afterthought now. Because the power to make those guns, whatever you're hearing in the news about millions of guns being sold and all these people, add on to that probably 10 or 15% of people who've created their own guns and they're not registered. Perfectly within even the laws that these wicked men write and twist and manipulate. And by the way, I'll point you back, uh, you know, for those of you still on Donald Trump, I, I'm going to tell you, at this point, if you are supporting Donald Trump, you are an idolater. And you're in need of repentance. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care any of that stuff. If you're not seeing the things that we've shown you, if you haven't seen them, that's one thing. If you've seen them, if you've listened to this show, and you've heard it come out of his own mouth, you've seen it from his own pen, whatever the case may be, you're an idolater. I mean, this guy was the one behind, let the, the bump stock bands go. He, he just let them go. He didn't uphold the law, which is his job to do, is to see that the law is faithfully executed. He should have called the ATF out and said, no, 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 wait a minute. I may not like bump stocks, but the fact of the matter is those are protected under the law. And you're not going to twist that. But he didn't do that. He let the attack come on you, his supporters, and the rest of us. Um, A.G. Knudsen said that it was an attack, obviously, that our founders have seen. Rather than meaningfully addressing the rise in violent crime, and again, this comes from the, uh, the article here, uh, occurring around the country, the Biden administration is once again criminalizing law-abiding citizens. I will always fight federal overreach and attempts to erode Montanans' gun rights. Yeah, good. Good. And there's more here. There's a video down below. You guys will be able to check that out. Sonsoflibertymedia.com. All right. Um, one more thing here. We, uh, we've got a call coming in here. And so, caller, are you there? Hey, good morning, Tim. Hey, Sean. How are you, man? I'm tired, brother. <laughs> what you got? So, you were talking about Donald Trump. Hmm? I, want, I want everyone to remember... This man talked about microchipping Americans when he started his border wall tour. Yep. He, he banned bump stocks, and he also said, take the guns first, due process later. Yeah, sure he did. So go on and keep thinking this man is the white knight everybody wants him to be. As you can tell from the show yesterday, Donald Trump ain't going to do nothing for us. He didn't expose the corporate structure that we're under. You yeah. have to back out of the corporate structure and give them nothing. 
starve them of capital. Yep. I think that's, that's a, I think that's a lot of what Mike was talking about yesterday was removing any ability they have to gain anything from you. Yep. And and I and that's something I've said for years now, starve the beast. You've got to get a, you've got to get a way in which and look, the the beast can come after you cuz they're lawless, they'll ignore the law. You heard Mike talking about them trying to pierce his corporate veil. Just because he put the corporation in place doesn't mean that they're not going to come after him and do things. But at least when you do it, you've protected those things. You've put them in place, and you're basically starving them. That They have nothing that they can get from you. And so then, at that point, they want to toss you out, and they want to say, we're just not going to deal with this guy. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone look. Start looking into pulling out of their corporate system. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's that simple. Well, you know, the pro- part of the problem is we have heard for decades, and, um, you know, I mean, Rush Limbaugh isn't here to defend himself, but, but, the, but the fact of the matter is we've, we've heard it from Rush Limbaugh, and I'm not against people having a quote-unquote better life. I, I, I think when people mean that, they mean more creature comforts and things like that. I, I'm not against people having that. Um, they're nice to have. But the fact of the matter is they would talk about rugged individualism, and it was like, okay, I don't see a lot of people who are rugged individualists in America, even among no. conservatives and Christians. No, they, they, I, I, think we have, I think we have the individual and we have the collective. And when I say the collective, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about every single person, you know, throughout it takes a village kind of stuff. But nevertheless, God did not create us to be by ourselves. In fact, he, when he saw Adam, he said it wasn't good that he was by himself. He made a helpmate for him. And then later on, he uh, incorporates that into his ecclesia, his, uh, the people of God. They're a group of people. They work together. They have the same mindset. They look after for one another. But they're not doing it in a communistic fashion where it's, it's, uh, they're not looking out after one another. They're being stolen from. They're being oppressed. And then the theft that takes place is they're so that uh, uh, government looks like big brother and the lover of all men and this, that, and the other, when that's the deception that goes on, that, that falls to us as individuals. Amen. Yep. yep. You know, Anything it else? It comes, comes down to discernment, you know? Yeah, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Absolutely does. All right. No, that's it, brother. Okay. Great chat. God bless. Yeah, you too, Sean. Thank you so much. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. All right, there goes Sean, and uh, the phone lines are open, 803-619-9855 if you want to call in. Thank you, Sean, for the call. And uh, Okay, so here's the other one. This is the children. And, you know, if you listened yesterday, part of the things, look, parents, you've done it in ignorance. I'm not here to slam you over it. Many of us didn't know what the birth certificate was about. We did that thinking, okay, we've got a record here because we know later on down the line, you know, kids have to do different things and they have to have a birth certificate and they have the social security. And you really don't have to have it. Now, it makes it much more difficult. I'm not going to say it doesn't do that. But my friends, Charlie Stewart, who's also on the other radio station, uh, they carry us down there at Missouri, uh, Missouri Liberty Radio. In fact... Got to get in touch with Sam because I want to bring Sam on. I think you guys will be highly encouraged by Sam. What a great guy, him and his wife. Uh, But, you know, Charlie, neither he nor his wife nor any of his kids have a Social Security number or a birth certificate number. Do you know that? 
there is ways that people can do things. You can make it work. The problem is we haven't ventured out in those waters. We've just kind of been going with the flow and things. And again, starving the beast is one of those things. Our children is one of those issues. Uh, you heard Mike talk about that, that basically out of our ignorance we didn't know, we're signing our kids over the state with a birth certificate. And if you don't think it's the state creating that, this fake entity that they call you, go down to where the vault, the, they have a literal vault that they keep birth certificates here in South Carolina. Go down there and try to get, quote unquote, your birth certificate. Your implies ownership, doesn't it? Yeah. Go try to get your birth certificate. You'll find out real quickly it's not yours, it's the state's. They'll give you a copy of it, but they will not give you your, and, you, and I challenge them every time I hear that. I go, well, if it's mine, why can't I have it? Because it's worth a lot of money. It's worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. It's like a bond. So, oh, By the way. Okay. So uh, here's the uh, sniffer-in-chief. Um, you know, this guy's, uh, his um, college roommate said he had an attraction for children in college. I'm going to, I don't, I, 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 I don't, I can't understand that. I, I, it doesn't, you know, I can have compassion with a lot of people over a lot of things. I really can't. This idea that grown men are drawn to prepubescent children. I, I don't get it. I, I I can't empathize with it. I can't have it's I can't have compassion on it. I, I can't. I see little kids. I see cute little kids. Somebody one one of the ladies up there uh, in Michigan. Sweet family. Real sweet family. Stephanie, I think was her name. Um, put a little card to me in the gift that her family gave to me. And uh, I shared that with my wife, by the way, because I don't use the whip body cream. <laughs> so I gave it to my wife. But I did use some of the lip balm that you guys did. And she had this little picture of their three little girls. Just sweet, cute little girls. It doesn't even cross my mind to look at them like a man looks at, a, at his wife. Or, I mean, it, just, it doesn't even cross my mind. And yet this guy puts his nose in every girl's hair, wants to kiss them, put his hands all over them. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't know why he hasn't been dealt with, but this, is, way, uh, this is one. I like kids better than people. He likes kids. I wish I could stay and watch Wonka with you, but I'm not going to get to do that. Yeah, well, we're glad for that. Um, but like he kids. he likes kids better than he does people. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know what happened to him. But again, his college roommate said, "Oh yeah, Joe Biden's had a thing for children." Now, how the how the how the roommate dealt with that is beyond me too. Because guys I know back in the day when I was a teenager, young adult, I never heard anybody talk like that or have any affinity for stuff like that. In fact, I was appalled that one of my friends from years ago 
was put in jail because he raped an old lady. Like, what in the world? What's going on here? All right, we've got another caller calling in here. It looks like from Minnesota. That's what it looks like. Caller, are you there? Yes, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just wondering, if not Donald Trump, who, who do you have to suggest that we vote for? Well, I don't suggest anybody. My, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, my thought has, all, has been, and I've said it on the air, we need to dissolve D.C. It needs to be abolished, as Thomas Jefferson wrote in those signers of the Declaration of Independence. It's become a threat. This is not trivial matters. We can deal with one little abuse here or there or a mistake or something like that. These are these are we've got feds in our states, man. And um, I've often said governors need to really, you know, grow some man parts and stand up and say, if you're if you're a federal agency, you have 30 days to clear out your offices and get out of the state. We're not here to house the federal government. The federal government are our employees, and they have a job to do, and they're not going to be doing it here in the state. They're they're not going to be doing it in our state and to get rid of them. So I don't I don't recommend anybody vote for anybody. In fact, I haven't voted for a president in I don't know how long. Because I don't see anybody that I could go with a clear conscience into the voting booth before God. That's the only person I'm voting before, not voting before anybody else. I don't see anybody with any character. I don't see anybody who's demonstrated that character in their own lives, in their own homes, who you could trust to put into office. And, and frankly, I don't see it much at the local level here either. There, there aren't a lot to choose from when it comes to that either. So Yes, I, I yeah. don't disagree with you, but... At the pace we are being inundated with illegal immigration, yep. and now our sheriffs, I don't think we can even count on our sheriffs because their oath isn't to our Constitution anymore. Some of them are, yeah. With such a short amount of time we have left to take some sort of stand, we almost need Trump. Well, let me ask you something just about that, that issue right there, the illegal uh, invasion. Donald Trump promised you something about that, didn't he? Didn't he promise you yes. something? What did he promise you? That, that he was going to send them all back where they came from. Yeah, and he promised you something else, too, about that, too, didn't he? Uh, the wall. Yeah. The Me- Mexicans would pay for it. How, how did all that work out? I don't know exactly how this is being uh, played out. You know, they're talking about five five-dimensional chess, so I don't know how deeply they have it planned out, but I just see we're being inundated at a pace that I don't think even the Patriots could could hold. You know, they've got these hidden weapons that Dianne Feinstein managed to get past, mm. and we don't know where they are. Uh, when they start equipping these immigrants, who are many of them military age, yep. I just don't know if our local people have the stomach or the ability. Uh, our young people are so ignorant that uh, I don't know how we can take a stand if we don't stop the inundation and send them back. And only uh, Trump could do that at well, this point. Yeah, let, let's let's stop right there. Okay, so what's your name? Lyle. 
Lyle. Okay, so Lyle, here's the thing. Trump didn't stop it in the beginning. In fact, it wasn't until his last year, in his last year, that he actually stopped catch and release. He was doing the same thing all the other guys were doing. They were, he, was, mm-hmm. he was heading that up. He didn't give you a wall. He, he refurbished some wall. He told you not only that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. He said, oh, it's going to be the biggest wall you've ever seen. It's going to be rebar and concrete. When you see the pictures of the wall, what do you see there? Do you see rebar and concrete? No, you see steel, you see steel uh, posts that are put up. And we've got video that these illegals, even though these, I, I don't know how tall the wall is. It's probably like 15 or 20 feet. That's what I want to say. It may be taller than that. But you can watch the illegals. They'll go across it in two minutes with, a, with an extendable yeah. ladder and some rope. They go right across it. Some of them, they put doors in the wall. That, does, that makes zero sense to me at all. They put doors well, in the I, wall I where they open them up. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, Tim. Well, what, I, what uh, I'm saying is... We're being inundated out of pace that we will not be able to contend with. I, no, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. But that's not John, Donald Trump's responsibility to deal with. It's yours and mine. Yes, I, I agree with that yeah. also. But uh, I'm about the only one in my neighborhood that realizes this. Well, brother, you got to be a discipler. You know, Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. That's, you're you're, you're going to throw that bait out there. You've got all kinds of people who are non-believers uh, who see the same thing you do, and they want a solution. And you know what? Well, the people are the solution in God's hands. law and martial law and a constable again in my township, but uh, the pace is too slow to contend with the inundation we're seeing. Well, let, let, me, let me give you some encouragement. When you go to the New Testament, how big was the church in the Roman Empire? Well, I can't uh, say I would be able to give you an answer for that. Well, you, you would say it's pretty small, right? When it started yes. out, it was pretty small. I mean, we've got uh, yes. 12 guys that were with Jesus. He lost one. They had to put another guy in his place. Then we got Paul put in. But, but on the day of Pentecost, I mean, you, you, you've got, what, 120 in the upper room. That's, that's what you have. That's not a lot of people. And yet God used a small amount of people, and Christianity has been the largest, I don't want to call it religion, I want to talk about the real Christianity, has been the largest following of God in the world. And I'm talking about the true God. It, it's, it's, it has been that. Yeah, sure, Islam is doing it because Satan's always going to have a counterfeit to that. But God can do what He does. You be faithful in the in the place where you're at, brother, because it can be discouraging if you feel like you're the only one there. I get it. But be faithful in the sphere that God's given you. Talk to your neighbors. Inject those things about the militia. Say, look, why are we looking to some man whose whose life has demonstrated he can't even handle his own his own household? He's been married three times. He's committed adultery on all of his wives. And what does the Bible tell us about a man over the people of God? Which, that's what you're asking for. It says if he can't manage his own house, he's not going to do well in the house of God either with the, with the people of God. So the answer is us in the hands of God. God is always our ultimate answer, but he's given us the means by which to do it. And this was something we were talking about on Friday with the militia. He's given us as men the ability to do the right, to bring about the resolve that we say we want. But the problem is, brother, is we haven't been taught. We, we've, 
you know, our fathers dropped the ball, their fathers dropped the ball, all of them were ignorant, they weren't taught by somebody, and so now we're a generation who's who's groping, I, I said, you know, uh, on Friday night, uh, the, the, the Bible talks about it being a, a lamp unto our feet, a, a light unto our path, and a lamp only lights up a small portion where we can see to take a few steps, and that's it. And then we have to take those few steps, and then it lights up more. And we've got to do the same thing. And I want to encourage you, Lyle, that in your neighborhood, get with those men. Have a barbecue, you know. Open up your house. Be hospitable. This is stuff I talk about, you know, on the weekends for people. Read the Word of God. Thank, thank the Lord for the food when you bring them over right in front of them. Be a discipler of them and start bringing these things. You know, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16. You guys are the answer up there, just like down here, we're supposed to be the answer to the criminal activity. Why? Because we know what the king has said, and we're to enforce the crown rights of King Jesus and his law. Well, I don't disagree with anything you say, Tim, and I do appreciate your show. Sure. But I have to admit, I feel like the man standing in front of the tanks at Tiananmen Square <laughs> at this point. And at my age, it's not getting any easier. Well, I'm, I'm getting there, too, but the thing is, let's just be faithful with what God has given us. And, you know, uh, I'm out of the age of militia, uh, but if I can be of use there, you know, I can carry some water or carry some guns or some ammunition, whatever the case may be, or be involved in some kind of reporting or whatever the case may be, then I want to be a part of that. I think that's your heart, too. So let's just be faithful in that. Let's pass it on to faithful men, uh, as Paul instructs Timothy to do uh, with the Word of God, and let's bring that in. And let's encourage one another to do our duty before God. Well, thank you for your show, and thank you for your time, Tim. Yeah, thank you, Lyle. Good to hear from you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, there goes Lyle. Thank you for the call, Lyle. That, that's, a good, that's a good question. A lot of people have those questions. You know, what do we do? What do we, I, I'm going to say be faithful in the little things, and God will make you a ruler over much. That's what he teaches in the parables that Jesus teaches. He teaches those kinds of things. So let's be faithful in that. And, I, you know, um, I'm probably going to go over just a little bit uh, here because um, I, I still want to get to my scripture here. <laughs> what we're doing. This is another one. Child Protective Services. This is a short little uh, blip that I uploaded last night. I got a bazillion videos I've downloaded. I haven't even got to upload them. So I'm having to do all that at night. Uh, to get some of these up, so I uploaded a bunch of them last night. But this was one of them, too. Uh, this is the biggest child trafficking ring in the world. The states are taking children. Listen to this. Giving them to somebody else for money that they get from the federal government. That means that all 50 states are involved in government-subsidized child trafficking. It's a ring. It is the largest and most pervasive child trafficking ring in the history of the world by sheer money and numbers. Children are seized unnecessarily from their families due to the federal aid entitled the Adoption and Safe Families Act. It was put into law in 1997 by Bill and Hillary Clinton, and I said it that way on purpose. And it is a law that literally steals money from the Social Security Fund and gives this money to the states in order to incentivize them to kidnap babies. To receive the adoption incentives or bonuses, local CPS must have more children. They must have more merchandise to sell. Every child, once you've added it all up, is worth approximately a million dollars to the state. But we've been told that this is a 60 to 80 billion dollar a year industry, meaning the federal government is taking 
$80 billion a year and giving that money to all of the 50 states to kidnap children. Okay, just so you understand, the guy who's talking there is Diego. His grandson was kidnapped by CPS, what was it, uh, a couple of years back. We had him on the show. Uh, they, Because of the work of people like Ammon Bundy, they got hundreds of people to show up outside the... I think it was, it was the medical facility the child was held at, and then out in front of CPS, they had that child back in its parents' arms within a week. Why? Because the people put the pressure on them. They weren't going to let it go. We see what you're doing. You're going to give that child back. One way or the other, you're going to have to do it, and the people went in there to do that. The other lady that you're seeing on the screen now, you guys are listening to on the radio, this is Nancy Schaefer. Her and her husband were murdered. This was not a, a murder-suicide. They were murdered in their beds. The night before she was to dump out a bunch of stuff. And I know this because the woman who was feeding her the information had to flee to Mexico because they had taken her kids. Um, she was feeding Nancy the information. She knew how they were, she knew the lines they were running illegals through into the state of Georgia and what they were doing with the children internationally. And they murdered her. And this is, this is some of the stuff she's warning the people about. Parents are victimized by the system that makes a profit for holding children longer and bonuses for not returning children to their parents. But their own statistics state that 83% of all children who are taken by CPS, Child Protective Services, are for unsubstantiated allegations meaning never should it have happened in the first place. So that imagine anything else in the world where you know you get it wrong 83% of the time and you admit it, but you just keep doing it. Case workers and social workers are often guilty of fraud. They withhold and destroy evidence. Mm, they do. And we've had uh, a, a lady from CPS in New York City be on the show to testify to this. Uh, we have our friend Jim White. He's been on the show doing it. Uh, he's in his own right uh, taken on just a number of stories that I know have been a huge emotional, spirit uh, emotional, spiritual, and physical toll on him just from listening to the devastation that the state has done to these parents and their children. And this is an attack that's coming. It's been coming for a long time. It's been going on right up under our noses. And now with the internet, we're much more aware of the wickedness of those, whether they're in CPS, whether they're in the police force, whether they're in the government, whether they're in non-government organizations or whatever. We're becoming more and more aware of exactly what the Bible says, and that is that man is fallen, that his heart is stone, that he lives as a dead man, and what do dead men do? Everybody says they do nothing. No, they don't. They, they do things. They decay, they rot, and they stink. That's what dead men do. And they do that, why? Because God said, in the day that you eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. And we see the effects. It's all the way down in our being. If you want to know why I get fascinated with the, uh, some of the talks that Kate and I have about the water and, and how we're largely made up of water, frequencies and all this, is because I see the effects. I see the effects. 
of sin upon us. I really do. I, I see the effects of sin upon us. And if we're not willing to acknowledge that and shut our mouths, we're not willing to then come alongside and acknowledge that we need a Savior from our sin. As long as men are going to continually open their mouth and justify themselves and proclaim how good they are, they will never be silent before the bar of God to hear the gospel of grace that saves men from their sins. They, won't, they just won't do it. But it's our job to tell them anyway. The other part is the, the legals. And again, um, I forget, was it Lyle or was it Sean? Bringing up the, the issue of the illegals. You know, we, we covered this the other week. Uh, Pritzker, where's he out of? Indiana, I think it was. Uh, signs his bill to allow illegal aliens, people who are in the country illegal. Yeah, I know I'm some of them are DACA. Uh, look, I, I have a struggle with some of the DACA people. I, I do. Because they came here through no fault of their own. There were kids when they came. I think they should straighten it out. But listen, I also know that many of that some of them do go try to straighten it out. And instead of the government working with them in that to facilitate it, what they do is they put them off. They won't work with them. I do know some people who are like that. They have a conscience about them. They have a conscience about them. They, they, this is their home. As far as they're concerned, they were brought here when they were kids. I get that. I get it. But still, if you are not one of the people, why should you be put in a position that's not constitutional, number one? And number two, where you have some kind of authority over people who are, who are naturally, they're, they're, they're naturally a part of the state they live in. Why should that be happening? I'll tell you why. Deuteronomy 28, God says the foreigner is going to get up over you. He's going to be the head and you're going to be the tail. Why? Because you won't obey me. You won't obey me. Oh, Tim, that's law. And we're under grace. Let me tell you something. Grace does not come into your life so that you can break the law. You can continue to break the law. So that you can continue to sin at will. That's not what it does. It breaks the bondage of sin. It takes you from being a slave of sin to a slave of righteousness. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus. It takes out of you a heart of stone. It puts a heart of flesh in you. It doesn't leave you in your sin. I hear some people talking like, you know, they, they, they talk like they've met Jesus, but they keep relishing in their sin. They relish in it. Oh, goodness. How far from the gospel that is. We're going to go over just a little bit. I've got a couple of things I want to share with you, a couple of scripture verses, and I want to end on an encouraging note. I don't want to end on, there's got to be something we can do. Bradley, be with you at three. Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning. Bob Sisson is going to be with us. The gospel in the stars and a new app coming out. You don't want to miss that. Catch us on sonsoflibertymedia.com. All right. We want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio, and I just want to hit a couple of things here. This was a story we had out uh, end of September. The United Nations is paying illegal aliens to cross our borders. Oh, it's not just the UN either. It's, we, we've got all kinds of NGOs. A lot of them are funded by Soros and Gates and all these other people. 
they're 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 pushing the money too. This is how these guys come with brand new shoes and clothes and all that stuff coming into the country, right? This was another one. Uh, the so-called productive illegal alien will break up to twenty-eight laws. Keep that in mind. I've made mention of this article before, and I couldn't find it. Uh, it was written by my friend Jake McCauley. In fact, Jake used to do radio with Bradley before, years ago. Um, and I think if he's still in the same place he was in, uh, he's just up the road from me in Burlington, North Carolina, or somewhere around in there. That's where he is. This is what he wrote. Now, this was in August of 2017 that he wrote this. It's still true today. An illegal immigrant, uh, excuse me, um, let's see. I don't want to read the story because this was a story back from 2016, actually. Um, Here's what he said. I believe we can all agree that immigrants who are here illegally and commit crimes should absolutely be turned into federal enforcement agent, law enforcement agencies. That is as common sense as it gets. However, what about immigrants who arrive here illegally that are so-called productive citizens? You know, these, these are the guys who come in and they seem like they uh, want to help their families. They're hard workers. They're not causing trouble, any of that kind of stuff, okay? He says the first thing is they aren't citizens. They may be productive, but they're not citizens. So what do you do to them? Can the American government secure an illegal immigrant's rights? And look, I believe all men have rights. I don't believe when you read uh, the Declaration of Independence, when you read even the Constitution, I don't believe that just applies to Americans. It's a blanket statement that men, men have rights from their creator. If you're in China, you have rights. You do. They may be trampling on them, but you have them. They're yours. What are you doing with them? Cambodia, Haiti, England, Russia, Africa, South America. Pick your, pick your place where you're at. You have rights. You do. Because you're made in the image of God. Until the illegal immigrant is an American, by legal definition, he has broken the laws of the land, making him a criminal and thereby forfeiting his rights to liberty. Here's some of the things that happen. Their entering America is not their only crime. Before any illegal alien receives his or her first paycheck or cash payment, the potential of at least 28 crimes will be committed by them. I'll give you a few of them here. Conspiring to cross the border illegally, one count. Hiring a coyote or a drug cartel for guided passage into the USA, one count. Crossing the border with a coyote and in many cases smuggling drugs, one count. Traveling illegally to their destination or to a destination determined by their smuggler, one count. Obtaining fraudulent documents via identity theft or manufactured documents, driver's license, green card, social security card, birth certificate, each count a felony, four counts. Look for work using these documents, one count. Fill out work documents falsely, i.e. federal and state IRS forms, social security number forms, immigration forms, workers' comp forms, each a separate felony, six counts. Driving on our roads without a legal license, registration, insurance. Now, we're, we can talk about that as far as the right to travel and stuff, but three counts. 
they're involved if they're involved in commerce then yeah it's going to it's going to be there. Getting paid via check or under the table, thus conspiring with the employer to defraud the government via the use of false documents, two counts. By the way, foreigners are ones who are subject under the law to uh, income tax. They are. Same way with uh, government employees. All of them are subject to that. The majority of people listening to me are not. Um, opening bank accounts via the use of false documents in violation of federal law and, pay- and the Patriot Act. Two counts. Obtaining housing via the use of false documents, one count. Obtaining a car or truck via the use of false documents, one count. Obtaining health care via the use of false documents, one count. And finally, securing public service benefits via the use of false documents, food, housing, health care, etc. Three counts or more. That's the productive illegal. That's the one who doesn't come into the country in a lawful manner. course there are positive things we got a lawsuit coming up here in january in which the state of florida they're going to have a um a fluoride lawsuit and um this ought to be real interesting since fluoride was used by the nazis for part of their mind control and poisoning the people uh it's been said and i've got the um document up showing it that it calcifies our pineal or Pineal glands, I hope I say that correctly. Pineal glands. It drops our IQs. It makes us sick. And yet they say, oh, it's good for your teeth. Yeah, okay. It's not true. So now there's going to be a landmark lawsuit coming up in January on that. Good, good. What do we read from? Amos chapter 6. The great thing that I see going on, I was I was really encouraged up in Michigan, is there's a lot of people who are you know really digging in they're learning the uh they're learning their their state documents their founding documents they're learning how the how they've won the battles in the past and they're starting to take it to the people and it's not just happening in Michigan it's happening elsewhere too Amos chapter 6 What are them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Pass ye unto Kalna, and see, and from thence go ye to Hamath the great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Be they better than these kingdoms, or their borders greater than your border? Ye that put far away the evil day, and cause the seed of violence to come near, that lie upon... Listen, listen to how he describes them. You won't bring justice... You're just emboldening the tyrants and the criminals to show up at your front door. That's what he's saying. And he goes on to explain these people. He says, that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stall that chant to the sound of the viol and invent to themselves instruments of music like David. That drink wine wine and bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments. But... They are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Well, you know, we see a lot of people doing that today, don't they? Eat, drink, and be merry. Party. You know, you only got one life to live. This life is fast. You got to just live it out. We've seen that all in Scripture, haven't we? Where men do that. 
And Amos is pronouncing a judgment upon these people. They live like that, but they know nothing of justice, which tells me they know nothing of mercy. Because you can't know mercy until you know justice. It's one of the great things that's pictured in uh, Dangerous Journey, which is the illustrated version of Pilgrim's Progress. And one of the things that you'll see in there is you'll see Christian come to this mountain. It's on fire. It's got lightning and, you know, it's loud and all this. And he's petrified. And that represents coming to Sinai like the people did at Moses. They weren't supposed to touch the mountain. And the fear of God is there because he's holy. And then what happens? Well... He turns and he begins to go towards the light. As evangelist tells him, he says, do you see the gate over there? No, I don't see a gate, but you see the light? Yeah. Well, then go towards the light. What's the light? The light is the Word of God. It's a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. And that's where he begins to go. But these people here that Amos is pronouncing judgment on, oh man, come on. You know that they're living at ease, and they don't care at all about what's going on. And here's the thing. God tells the people, Leviticus 26, here's what he says. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen. He, he doesn't want his people to be slaves to other people. He wants them to walk in liberty. But he set before them life and death, didn't he? When he gave the covenant, and he told them, today, choose life. That's what he told them. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if ye shall despise my statutes. Oh, there's that little word, statutes. Deuteronomy 6, first verse. We're to know the commands, the statutes, and the judgments of God. The church today thinks, that, thinks those are four-letter words that you shouldn't say in the church, much less out in the public. The modern church will have nothing to do with the law of God. They don't want His commands. They don't want His statutes, and they certainly don't want His judgments. Many of them have become just like the world, Give me a grace that takes me to heaven, which doesn't exist apart from the abandonment of sin. Give me a grace that takes me to heaven and let me just be indulgent. That's the modern church. That's your best life now. That, that's, that's the message that they have. That's not the message here. It's not the message of Scripture it isn't the message that those who came before us gave who faithfully uh, bore witness and testimony to that, even by giving their own lives. That's not what it is. Look at what he says. If you shall despise my statutes, and if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments. Boy, he threw them all right in there, didn't he? But that ye break my covenant. I also would do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, the burning ague that shall consume the eyes, cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And the enemies are not the problem. 
I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. No, God is the one to be feared. Not the foreigners, not the enemies. God is the one to be feared. And man is fearful of the enemies, and they're fearful of the consequences, and they're fearful of all of the things that come upon us when we're disobedient as a people. But there's no fear of God before their eyes. Oh, it's, he's on their lips. Don't get me wrong. I, I hear that all the time. And then if you let the people go long enough, they'll tell you what's really in their heart, and their heart's fear. It's cowardice. It's all kinds of stuff. It's sinful. And it'll come out. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when you hear these guys, and, I, and when I say gloom and doom, I mean that. They'll tack on, oh, thank Jesus at the end, but they have no real understanding of what God does in their life to get them out of that rut that they're in. They, they don't see that. There's a guy that contributes, you know, and I, I carry it because sometimes there's some interesting stories that he has. But I'll tell you what, he has, there is no, there's no hope in his message. Now, he, procl he proclaims that he's a Christian, but I don't see any hope in his message at all. It's just, oh, they're going to do this to us. This is what they're going to do. There's nothing we can do. They're just going to do it to us. Boy, that if that's your message as a Christian, just keep your mouth shut, please. Seriously, just keep your mouth shut. You know, when we talked about the militia, and maybe I'll bring that talk in next week, like I said, one of the things that's set up in the, uh, in the Old Testament when they bring the militia together is, you know, if you've got, if you've got somebody who's a, who is a coward, he's... He's mentally not fit to be there, and he's going to cause danger to himself and to his brothers that he's going to be fight, you know, sent with. But we don't need people dogging and downing what we're supposed to do. We need the sons of Issachar who see the times. They see what's going on. They speak out against it, and they go do something. They seek to do something about it in the sphere of influence God's put them in. And that's what I was telling Lyle. Be faithful in what you're doing. You don't look, the farmer when he goes out and he plants a seed, is he seeing a sprout the next day? Most of the time not, not unless you've already sprouted them in the house and you go out there and you plant them by hand, right? It's gonna, it's it's gonna be a week. It's gonna be two weeks before you even see the tiniest little sprout come up. Be faithful, brother, in those plantings. Be faithful in that watering. For in due season, you'll reap a harvest. What was that old song? It's based off one of the Psalms. Bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. I'm not singing that at all. Good. Ugh. See, this is why you don't want me singing. Um, but that's born out of what the scripture says. One going, weeping and bearing seed. He comes in bringing his sheaves. Be faithful in that little bit. God will make you a ruler over much. He will. We're to give glory to God. Psalm 98, verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. 
His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. The Lord hath made known His salvation. His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Why? Because we are not to be those who don't overcome. We are to overcome the world. How do we do that? Through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? That's what we do it with. 1 John chapter 5. What do we see here? Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. But this we know, that we love the children of God when we love God. And what's that? What does it say there? Keep his commandments. When we love God and keep his commandments. Are you keeping his commandments or are you making excuses for why you don't keep them? Best thing to do would just be to be quiet, say I'm guilty, and then repent. That would be the best thing to do, not to make excuses. And then he says this, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. <laughs> and John's clear about this. You can't say that you love God and you're going to disobey him. You can't say you love your fellow man and you're going to hate him. We keep his commandments and his commands are not grievous. They're not burdensome. What did Jesus say? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The way of the sinner is hard. If we're having a hard time, it's because we're in the way of the sinner. Not in the yoke with the Lord Jesus. And so he says this, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, see, it just says you got to just believe he's the Son of God. Yeah, but what does that, what does that produce in you if you actually believe that? Because the devils believe he's the Son of God. Does it change them? Does it cause them to overcome the world? Do they escape the wrath of God and his judgment? No, they don't. But they... They know he's there. What does this belief do? It causes us to do the other. We seek to keep his commandments. We seek to esteem the law. Why? Because it's righteous and holy, and it, it is the schoolmaster that drives men to Christ. It's really not hard to understand. It really isn't. But people want to make excuses for their sin so they can go on and have their conscience at ease by sinning. This is he that overcame, that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Ah, there's that little doctrine that teaches us that there is one God, but there's three persons who are that one God. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just going to quickly hit these. This is from the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3. We see the letter to the church at Ephesus. 
Listen how it always ends with this plea for you know repentance or exhortation to overcome. Remember, therefore, from uh, this is to the church at Ephesus. Remember, therefore, whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And what happened? Basically, don't have a church in Ephesus today. It was gone shortly thereafter because they didn't repent. Um, you come to the church at Smyrna. And he really doesn't have, uh, you know, anything about repentance because they're under attack. They're, they're, they're being crushed as the church. And he says this, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death. I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Then we get the church at Pergamos. And, of course, he calls out their spiritual adulteries. Um, and he says... Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saying, He that receiveth it. So even in all of this stuff here, what is Jesus doing? He's still calling his church to repent. He still holds out mercy. He still holds out grace to them to overcome. That's what's going on in all these. Thyatira. Look at what he says. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall be broken to shivers, even as I received, that's past tense, what did he receive? All authority in heaven and on earth, and he rules the nations with a rod of iron. Well, he's not ruling them rod of iron right now. Oh, he's not? Then who's ruling them? Oh, the devil is. The devil is the God of this world. No, friend, you, you are so mistaken. And, and if you think like that, that's why you don't overcome. Jesus said, the ones who do this, they overcome. He's going to have power to rule the nations too. That's what he says. And I'll give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And we come over to Sardis. What do we see there? He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Every church, there's problems. And what does Jesus offer them? Solutions. Calling them to repentance. Calling them to another level, too. He's going to bless them like he didn't bless them before. Then we see Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love there, right? And what do we say? What do we see here? Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And then finally, church at Laodicea, everybody I would think is familiar with this, but if you, you know, there are a lot of people who tune into shows like ours. They've never had, they've never had a Bible. They've never read a Bible. Nobody's told them the gospel or anything. Then we, then we come down here for Laodicea. They're a lukewarm church. They won't be alive for God and they won't be dead to the world. They're kind of an in-between. They're sitting on the fence kind of deal. And what does Jesus say? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's not talking about that door of your heart. That's this is. He's talking about to the church at large. I'm going to stand at the door and knock. He's been outside the church. If any man hear my voice, open the door. I will come into him. Will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am set down with my Father in His throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I have one question for you. Okay, and only you can answer it. Before we go, one question. You ready? Do you hear what the Spirit saith? Do you hear what the Spirit saith? Then the command to you is to do as the Spirit saith. If you're not hearing the Spirit speak, I would encourage you to cry out to the Father for mercy, for grace, and for understanding and the ability, that empowerment of His Spirit to do what the Spirit has said to do. And all of you listening to me have a duty to hear the Spirit. I have a duty to hear the Spirit and to obey Him. We do that, we'll be set on a course for overcoming. And we can overcome the enemy, guys. My goodness, when I talk about the militia, I'm going to bring up that. I'm going to show you how the men of old overcame the enemies. And yet, what do we have from the church today? Oh, we can't do it. There's too many. I've heard that one before. I also know the consequences of that. They're too big for us. They're giants. Yeah, on the other side's good stuff, but these are giants. We, we can't... I heard that. Hadn't, hadn't you heard this one before? Yeah. It's kind of like the coyote who gets on the, the Acme rocket. Mm-hmm. Except it wasn't a cartoon character. It was faithless men that God had given a land, and they said, we know you said you're going to give it to us, but we can't really take it. They didn't believe in the power of the one who delivered them from Egypt to deliver the, the, the Canaanites into their hands either. Yeah, think about that. Bradley, be with you at 3, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then we'll see you in the morning. Bright and early, Bob Sisson's going to be with us. You don't want to miss this. He's going to be, if, I, if I'm understanding correctly, he's launching his new app. It's going to be a free app called, uh, I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's it's the Gospel in the Stars. It's based off of what D. James Kennedy had produced, uh, the Gospel that was preached unto Abraham. You read that in Galatians, I think it's chapter 3, and uh, he'll be with us in the morning. So you'll want to get that, and I think you'll probably want to turn your friends on to it, because it's, my understanding, it's going to be very fascinating um, how to see that God put his Gospel not just on the pages of Scripture, he put it in the night sky. And um, 
it starts to make a lot of things like the Magi come following his star, all this kind of stuff. It just seems to make sense as to what has been laid out both in creation and also the scripture. So you don't want to meet that, uh, miss that. That'll be at 6 a.m. Lord willing, we'll see you then.